This is Frank Dominguez with the latest session from the John Clark Performance Studio, this time welcoming two singers from Opera Carolina's production of Porgy and Bess. It runs from Sunday, January 22nd through Saturday, January 28th, with a total of four performances in the Belk Theater at various times. I'm pleased to welcome soprano Sequina DuBose, who plays Clara, and tenor Victor Ryan Robertson, who has the role of sport in life in this iconic American opera. We're also joined by Daria Rozinska, who will accompany them at the piano. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank well, you. thanks for having us. Sequina, I was excited to read in your bio that you're one of our own, in a sense, because you teach at UNC Charlotte, but you've also got a really impressive list of credits as a singer, ranging from Elvira and Mozart's Don Giovanni with Opera Carolina to Wynton Marsalis's work All Rise with the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. When did you discover not just that you had a gift, but that you were ready to commit to the life of a professional musician? Mm, good question. Well, my mom always sang... Uh, growing up, she pursued a career as a gospel recording artist. And so uh, there was always music in the house. I grew up in a multi-generational household with grandparents in the home, um, an uncle and a cousin. So there's rock music going on upstairs. There's Motown. I'm from Detroit. So that was always happening. And my grandparents singing spirituals and hymns. I sang in the church. And so it's just music was always a part of my life. Pursuing music as a career isn't something that occurred to me until high school I had a I had a high school choir director that was very charismatic and influential and uh, she exposed me to classical music and all different styles of music and we had to compete for the solo and ensemble festivals in, in Michigan and so that kind of was my entry into classical music and studying music um, as a prof- not as a pr- profession but studying music to cultivate a performance. And, um, you know, you you become a high school senior and everyone says, you know, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And I said, well, I like music and I want to be like my my music teacher. So maybe I'll go to school and become a music teacher. Well, I went to Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland, which is an HBCU. Mm -hmm. And in my senior year there, while studying music to become an, an educator, Our choir was chosen to be the ensemble for a production of Porgy and Bess. Ah, So Porgy and Bess is the first opera that I ever performed in professionally. The first time in my life I'd ever been paid to sing. (laughs) And it was with Philadelphia Opera Company and um, it changed my life. I remember being, I was probably chorister number 89, (laughs) who knows? (laughs) But I felt like I was the star of the show on opening night. And I said, wow, this is something that I wanna do. The Porgy and the Bess were both alum of the school. So I was able to um, speak to them about what it was like to be an opera singer. They looked like me, they were doing what I wanted to do. And um, it, it started this mentorship that really just propelled me and, and encouraged me to pursue the career. What a powerful experience to share with our listeners. Thank you so much for that. Victor, you have a professional accomplishment that popped right out at me when I reviewed your bio. You are the first person to make his Metropolitan Opera debut, his Broadway debut, and his Kennedy Center debut all in the same season. Mm -hmm. I mean, most performers are lucky (laughs) if they land even one of those gigs in a lifetime. So tell me what that year was like, and probably more importantly, what you learned from it. You know, it's crazy, actually. Um... That's that. <laughs> that really doesn't matter because it's all about timing, right? Because mm-hmm. 
<laughs> it's not like they they said let's line this up together all three of these really historic and famous um places but uh, it was amazing uh, i started with a uh, champion written by terrence blanchard we did that at uh kennedy center and then i w at the same as then i moved to new york right after that uh from there and did phantom of the opera on broadway and then mary mary widow at the met at the same time and i tried I thought maybe I can keep the Met from knowing that I'm doing Phantom of the, <laughs> the Opera because I never, you never know how they're going to react. Right. I mean, and so, uh, I was in a coaching and, um, he goes, so what, what do you, so what do you, what do you, where, where's your next gig? What are you doing? I, just, I couldn't lie. And so I told him and he's fine, but I mean, I, things are changing. I mean, you can live in both worlds now as opposed to a few years ago where it was like, but TV has changed too. Like you used to, you, a uh, movie star couldn't be a, be on a series i mean that was like a what what are you doing but now it's expected almost you know so th things are blending thank god you know and um it it seems to be working for me i mean i hope i would say it has now uh, you are singing one of the really uh interesting th uh, uh characters in the in the the opera right. so i'd like you to tell me a little bit about sport and life and the song you'll be singing that he does in the show well i'm from charleston that area the Gullah folks and um porgy and bess is a real tr it's a true story there's a porgy's house exists in charleston and they will be happy to give you a tour if you check it out it's amazing it's a small shack but um those characters are all real and uh, growing up i i knew some characters like uh sport and life you know because the community itself is a tight community but they put up they tolerate someone like sport in life because he he kind of weaves like a snake in and out throughout the <laughs> you know and he the guys like him because he'll play some dice with him but he'll also give him some alcohol sell him some drugs or you know and the women like him because he's charismatic and he'll like you know he'll hit on him but um he there is only so far he can go with the church ladies and the and the the christian community you know the baptist christian community they just you know they want to punch him so it's really cool trying to weave those two elements within the story and not make him a not make him a caricature like may he's truly he's a real person and he exists within there so well let's hear you bring this real person to life for us with the song that you're going to sing great thanks There's a boat that's leaving soon for New York. Come with me. That's where we belong, sister. You and me can live that high life in New York. Come. The swellest mansion up on the Fifth Avenue. In all through Harlem, we'll go strutting, we'll go strutting, and there'll be nothing too good for you. I'll dress you in silks and satins, in the latest Paris styles, in all the blues you'll be forgetting, you'll be forgetting. 
There'll be no fretting, just nothing but smiles. Come along with me, that's the place. Don't be a fool and come along. Come along. There's a ball that's leaving soon for New York. Come with me. That's where we belong. Victor Ryan Robertson, singing the role of Sport and Life, and pianist Daria Rozinska accompanying him. They are involved in a production of Porgy and Bess at Opera Carolina, and it's our pleasure to welcome them to the John Clark Performance Studio. Sequina, uh, you have another of the hits from this opera to sing in this production, but before I ask you to tell us about that, I have a question really for both of you. Now, Porgy and Bess has been called the first great American opera, but some music lovers also find it problematic. They point out that it's a story about black people being told by white people, and they object to some of the characterizations as perhaps stereotypical. Now, as black performers singing this music and playing these roles, how do you feel about it? Well, I'd say most of the roles that I perform in the operas that I sing in are composed by white composers. So um, in my mind, um, this is a story that uh, it's fictional, although there are some, um, it draws from some real life people and real life communities. Um, I wouldn't look at this story as a reflection of all black people or all communities. Um, The same way I wouldn't do that for Carmen or Bohem (laughs) or any other opera. So uh, we kind of have to understand the boundary between reality and storytelling and fiction in the art form. Um, That's one way to look at it. That's, you're spot on on that. But I, coming from that area, I, I have no shame within it at all. I love, I mean, th- these were actual people. This is how they actually sounded. <clears throat> this is their, was their economic situation. <clears throat> it was the history of America at the time, and I don't think you should run from it. And you've got to document it. And it's, just, it's a true story for the most part. It really is. So um, I'm, it's really close to my heart because I grew up and I can still take you to neighborhoods that are a little on the outskirts, you know, both black and white. But it's really the low country of South Carolina is amazing. Like in uh, the food, the culture, the singing, the the African influence, the everything. It's just so rich. And, and that's why <clears throat> Charleston generally, by all magazines, travel magazines, Charleston's always in the top five city in the world. Now, why is that? I mean, it is rich history. You don't have billboards everywhere. You have cobblestone roads. You have the slave history. Straight, all that's amazing. What do you When you go to the Alamo, what are you going to try to hide the Alamo? I mean, you go there to see the history, as bad as it was. So um, I just think it's amazing. I did it in Charleston in 2016 with Spoleto. And that was the most amazing experience of my life. Everybody loved it. You know? I also think that it's important to note that 
while on one end you have you know this this tragic love story embedded within the story there at the time that this piece was um, premiered there weren't many voices there weren't many other perspectives on stage in uh, entertainment to show all the many facets and and um, the multiple dimensions that are represented in black culture today that's a, a little different so I think there's room for everything, for every story, for every voice, um, and we and we should embrace it along with all of the um, all of the operas that are coming out now that are, are also showing other communities and other um, sides of how we live our lives. But like, where, why is it that uh, in the canon of opera houses all over the world, every time I've done Porgy in any house, whether it's Berlin or Cape Town or Charleston or here, it sells, it sells out. out. <laughs> now, why is that? Why well, really? I mean, obviously, summertime is yeah. like the main reason. I mean, but it's I think gorgeous. a big part of it is the music. I mean, the, the, it's it's accessible. Um, it's bringing so many different elements to the stage, and and um, these are singable tunes, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're leaving the opera house humming along, you know, with your favorite tune from the show. Porgy's such a lovable character. I mean, and these characters are relatable. Yeah. So it, it's it's the universal love story. It's singable melodies and 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 tunes, and it's relatable characters. You can't get any better than that in in an opera. Right. But why show. why do you think why do you think that it sells out as opposed to like of course Bohem's going to do really well. But like why do you think it does? That I well? I think it's the familiarity of the music. You know that it transcends the opera house. And it's become part of popular culture. Right. Uh, a song like Summertime has been covered by so many legendary artists from different genres. You know, yeah. it's not the uh, exclusive province of opera singers. You have, right. you know, right. jazz singers and pop singers who ta tackle it, too. And mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just great entertainment. And it's a truly it's it, it is a representation of America putting its stamp on opera. Mm -hmm. You know, opera is a European art form. But here we have Gershwin bringing American music to a European art form, truly American music. Jazz was born here. Spirituals were born here. Mm -hmm. Ragtime was born here. All of this music is infused with the classical music in the show. And so, of course, it's going to stand out and, set and be set apart from other other pieces of its era. But that's why a lot of great composers now are feeding off of that, the mm -hmm. shoulders of that, like Terrence Blanchard, Anthony Davis, uh, <clears throat> Gregory Spears. I mean, a lot of people are really, you know, creating amazing American work now, I think. And even at the time, uh, we had Scott Joplin's Tremonitia that right, right. didn't have the same platform that Gershwin had. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and now that is also being done. There. Right. So. Yeah. And I think now it's up to opera companies uh, <clears throat> such as Opera Carolina and radio stations such as WDAV to start helping some of those works that are coming along become familiar so that they, mm -hmm. too, can transcend the culture. Absolutely. Now, tell us about Clara, the role you're playing in the opera uh, and why she sings the song that you're about to uh, sing for us that's going to be so familiar to so many. Clara is... The, she's an ingenue. She is a young married woman. Um, she's married to a character named Jake in the opera, and they, in my mind, represent the hope of the community. 
Um, they're young, they're ambitious. Jake is a fisherman. They have hopes and dreams for their child. Um, she has a newborn who she sings summertime to as a lullaby. I've kind of created my own backstory. I, I in my mind, Clara's <laughs> mother sang this song to her and she's singing this song to the next generation. I'm not gonna tell you what happens to Claire. You have to come to the opera to figure that out. But um, it's nice that this couple and this person, Clara, um, is represented in the opera as that, that youthful energy, that ambition and that hope of the community. Well, let's hear it now. I think you've set it up beautifully. Soprano Sequina Dubose and pianist Daria Rojinska performing Summertime from Porgy and Bess, the opera with music by George Gershwin. It's being performed by Opera Carolina. And my guests have been Sequina Dubose, who plays Clara, and Victor 
Ryan Robertson, the tenor who uh, has the role of sport and life in this production. It runs again from Sunday, January 22nd through Saturday, January 28th, a total of four performances in the Belk Theater at various times. There's a link with more information about performances at WDAV.org. Look for the box on our homepage marked from the John Clark Performance Studio. Our thanks as well to accompanist Dario Ruzinska for being here. Thank you, everybody, for a really wonderful session. I'm so happy you were able to make it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. For WDAV, I'm Frank Dominguez.